Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you, good sir? Good. Mentally refreshed. Ready for a good discussion on some fun stuff. Yes. Yes, indeed. We wanted to take a slight detour from some of the things that we have been known to do in the past. I mean, we often do top ten lists of a variety of different things, some movie uh, reviews, some interviews, but um, a lot about what this channel is, is love of film, love of television, uh, pop culture at its finest, some might say. Uh, so we thought we would do something a little bit out of the ordinary. So it's still going to be a list of 10. It's not the absolute best necessarily, but 10 things that come to mind as some of our favorites in a very specific category. What might that category be, Richard? Well, I had an idea, and this was a random idea. You know when you watch things on Netflix and you highlight it and it pops up with a scene from that movie? Sometimes it's just a preview from that movie, but a lot of times it's a scene from that movie. Well, I hovered over T2 and the bar scene where he comes out of the bar, um, has the motorcycle, gets on the, the, the bar, the bar owner, bartender guy comes out with the shotgun and says, you know, son, I'm going to have to ask, you know, that whole sequence. He grabs the shotgun, grabs the, the sunglasses, flips it over his eyes, hops on the bike, and you get, obviously, the, the song blaring. Uh, you know, bad to the bone. It's like my contention instantly at that and watching that, like that's one of the best scenes ever of all time. Like that was one of the best scenes, not just for that movie, not just for action movies, not just for whatever. Like that was one of the most, that's like one of the best scenes of all time. Now my wife looked at me and she's like, what are you talking about? Like it's <laughs> crazy. She doesn't really like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that's a big reason why, but <laughs> kind of came up with the idea let's do top scenes well when we really thought about it like that's uh, that's way too broad yeah so ken thought well let's do action scenes right and then more specifically let's do action scenes from the 70s and 80s and i'm sure we can build up others 90s 2000s but for now We'll work on action scenes from the 70s and 80s. And maybe if it proves fun enough and popular enough, we'll come back and do favorite uh, dramatic scenes, favorite monologues, favorite romance scenes, favorite whatever. There's all there's so many options in this because there's so much great content out there. And there's also Venom and its sequel. But there's a lot of great content out there. <laughs> Maybe too much content. <laughs> a little dig. Couldn't help it. Uh, <laughs> but let's get on to it. Uh, like I said, these are in no particular order. Uh, just kind of stuff that, that we like. I'm probably going to go chronological on the, the 10 that I've chosen, but uh, Richard may not. But let's start with Richard. What is an example of a combat scene that you absolutely love from the 70s or 80s? Okay, and you're right. Mine are in no order whatsoever. They are. I wrote them down as I thought and broke them down in terms of the ones that I liked. Okay, so the one at the top of the list is from Batman. Mm, Batman. Now, here's the thing about the movie Batman. There are lots of cool scenes throughout the, the movie, right? Oh, yeah. And if I, and, and we'll kind of run through this theme a lot. 
the movie may be awesome and the scene that we pick may be awesome and there actually may be a better scene that that's possible sure but in terms of the scenes that we like these are the ones that we kind of picked out exactly and for me i have the one it's kind of it's it's very brief but it's kind of a the action scene at the beginning where they kind of actually have two scenes i'm cheating but they <laughs> they fight like the the bums that this just robbed the the family and they get right. the purse they're digging through that stuff he goes after them and then they he gets knocked out and they shoot him on the ground and then they poke him around and and then he pops up and starts fighting him and is like what are you and he's like i'm batman right it's it's a classic scene, I oh, feel yeah. like, in, in general. But just the, even the brief moments of action, I think, are just real clean. And it when you watch that again, it's just like, you know what? This is this may be a better movie than I even remember it being. It's pretty good. But one of the other scenes is when they, they have, they're like peeling up the cowl of like the, the henchmen. Right. And then she's taking pictures down from the top and then he hops up and beats them all up. And then there's the, there's the one where he's coming at him hardcore with the swords and he's like doing all these fancy moves. And he just stands there, deflects all the blows and gives him the little hand slap basically Yeah, that comes was at it, comes at him again. It's just like a simplified version of me taking down this toddler, what, a, what appears to be a tough guy, you know, <laughs> like that whole sequence is, is pretty funny in, in a certain sense, but like really good action. And then Bob stands there with his knife and he's like, Nope, I'm out of here. Done. Yeah. That, that, that's a fun scene. If I would have gone for that particular film and it was on my list for sure, it would have been the cathedral, uh, Ascension towards the end yep. where he's just plowing through people on his way because it does such a great job. A lot of times fights focus on, uh, well, just the fight, but it was nicely cut between him dashing up and Joker dancing with Vicky Vale. Mm. So I, it was just kind of a stylistically a nice back and forth, which, uh, made everything seem like a heightened sense of, uh, of danger of what was going on. And are you in, are you including that when he gets to the top that he, whole fight sequence? Oh yeah, too? absolutely. Because it's kind of kind of one one sequence really in in two parts. Sure, but yep. one sequence. So the first one I'm going to go since I'm going in chronological order. Uh, we're going to go back to 1972, and the film is going to be The Way of the Dragon which had different names depending upon when you got it and where you got it from. It kind of changed uh, a little bit. Uh, I believe when I got it when I was a, a kid, it was Return of the Dragon. Um, it may not have been. Um, Lots I'm, of dragons. I'm pretty sure it was. But uh, this, you know, Bruce Lee just was fantastic in everything he did. Now, that's not to say that the movie he was in was necessarily fantastic because they weren't all um, but he was always excellent. And just to have him in such an uh, iconic fight, I mean, we didn't even know at the time. If if you were if you were first seeing this in 72 and he fights Chuck Norris, who's Chuck Norris? He hadn't really done anything yet unless you were already familiar with martial arts competition. Um, so just, it's kind of a, it's a really nice introduction to not only how good Bruce Lee 
is, but also how good Chuck Norris was going to be. And the fight has some really interesting camera work that's done behind it. I'm, I'm a big fan when uh, uh, a movie can show the differences between styles because the average consumer, if you show them Taekwondo and karate and Kung Fu, they may not know the difference when they're seeing it, but there was real effort in showing stylistic differences and approach in, in the combat that you see. And it's got some funny bits and it's just, it's gorgeous. Well, it's not often that you get to fight Walker, Texas Ranger. So, but the thing about the Bruce Lee movies and Bruce Lee era is it was so short lived. Yeah. He kind of hit the, hit the highlights in the early seventies. And then when he was filming what, like maybe his sixth movie, something like that. Yeah. Game of death was the last one. Yeah. And that was it. Like, that's all we got to see. So if you really want to see some history, you know, watch that one. There's another one that Jackie Chan actually just sneakily in the back, right? He that was, would be Enter the Dragon. If we if we look at current day and we think of some of our martial arts heroes, I guess you could say Jackie Chan might be one of those for, for our, sure. our age group or maybe younger. He's done way too many movies, tons of movies. But anyway, <laughs> his... His person that he thought was just awesome. His person that he looked up to at the time was Bruce Lee. Right. So if you want to see some really just amazing martial arts and very, very mediocre movies, watch the handful of movies that he's in from the or early 70s. TV shows. You know, the the Green, Green Hornet. Hornet, yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your second pick, Richard? Ooh, good one here. Um, I chose this movie scene. Because the movie is so bad, and the scene is so bad that it's awesome. I got all right blood sport. That was on my list. All right. So it's it's the obviously the end. It's versus uh, what Chung Li. That's correct. And if you've never seen a Van Damme movie, I think this is one of the one of the two. This and Kickboxer were kind of his big ones. Yeah, you you'll get a, a true sense, but. If you if you actually watch the scene, it's really bad, but it's but in a good way. Oh yeah, it's it's cheesy eighties at its best. The I've always had this complaint the last year uh, with slow mo because oh yeah, one of the directors, directors that's out there loves to do it, but this scene is all about that. It is somebody gets hurt or like somebody does a couple punches and then there's the one big move, but it's always in slow motion. And it's just the whole posturing in the scene is so bad that it's funny, but good. Yeah. And the Van Damme isms when he just does his over exaggerated punches and kicks where he's basically doing the splits. But then at the end has the drawn out, like, <laughs> like if you're a Van Damme fan, you know, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but this whole scene, this whole scene has it all. It's like slow motion. What about and, the look on his face when he's blinded with the powder? Oh, it's hilarious. It's it just like <laughs> they show <laughs> before he throws it, they show him 
from the, a different, like from the Van Dam angle, him digging around in the belt, getting the stuff. And then they show him from a different angle, purposely grinding and looking around like, oh, I'm going to get him now. <laughs> and then he just throws the pixie dust in his eyes and it's like everything. It's just so funny that it's bad, but it's good. Like yeah. that's, that's just, that's the thing about this particular movie. It's that it's a classic, really bad movie, really bad scene. That's actually really good. Well, it's fun. It, it's just, it's, it's maybe it's not going to be the level of quality that we see in a lot of films today, but it just has a, has a, a joy to it that is undeniable yeah if you're if you're young and you watch like ufc right now and there's instant reaction when someone kicks and there's dodging like you are you're near the opposite of that <laughs> they stare at each other he'll put his leg up and then he'll think about it and then he'll it's like the whole kick is like three seconds before the kick even gets initiated it's just it's so overly choreographed, choreographed. it's yeah. ridiculous and amazing at the same time well, you know, in any movie where I need to prove that I can get into the tournament, but in order to do so, I must break a brick that is in the middle of this pile of other bricks by hitting the top of the brick. Oh, it's, it's so good and cheesy. And he, and his brother, it's his brother, right? Yeah, his brother. It looks not, yeah. No, there's obviously no familial connection whatsoever. Got the headband, but then Chung Lee's got the headband on his knee. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's move from one cheesy fight scene mm. to another. Um, I am going to make no excuses for this fight scene. It is when you look at it both from an effects standpoint from when it was made to today, it's not even, you know, I mean, it was, it was 1980s. It was 1980 specifically. So the effects were not what they were and the choreography, they didn't quite know what they were doing. Um, it, it was pretty clear. So I, I'm going with Superman too. Um, you would really often not think in the Christopher Reeve Superman films, the, in any of the four of them, that there would be a single good fight and you would be basically accurate. Mm. Um, none of them were great. But in the second film, when they have the bit where Zod and his henchmen are flying around the city and Superman has to stop them and they're throwing buses and they're in the air and, you know, you know, using tactics where they're trading off and trying to hit, hit him when he's not looking and, for some, for this was a time when the comic book movie was not real common, and for someone my age, seeing something like that, that was pretty exciting to see. It's like, oh, this isn't good, but I can see what they're doing, and it's good enough to really be fun. And again, that's that's just like the blood sport. It's it's fun. Um, the the point at which he does the. Uh, uh, turns around really, really fast to drill into the ground. It's it's just, it's really, really funny. Uh, they even do a portion of the fight in, like, the sewers. <laughs> so you don't see anything except the ground buckling at points when they're hitting each other underground. <laughs> it's so much fun. Well, that, I, I, I think the, th the thing that's interesting about that, one, is they chose General Zod as the bad guy. Right. Whatever. The fact that they did it again for more recently, come on, whatever. Um, but the fact that it's Terrence Stamp. Yeah. 
That's really cool. And most people wouldn't recognize him. No. Because it was long ago. He had, you know, dark hair. He had a beard. Like, you, you just don't recognize him as that person. But if you look who Terrence Stamp is, and he's in so many awesome, amazing things, and you go back and watch Superman again, you're like, oh, that is him. So it's... The whole movie is really, you're, you're right, it's really cool. And how, what type of comic book things are you really watching at that time? Right. And, I mean, for, for us, when we grew up with those things, like, that was super awesome for us. Funny, <laughs> but awesome. Kneel before Zod. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the henchmen, like the, <laughs> the, the big oof kind of dude yeah that never talked and never talked. couldn't figure out how to do the uh, laser vision for a while mm-hmm. <laughs> they get accustomed to everything oh that was the best though is he's trying to figure out the laser vision they show the effect is he's able to get it to come out but then it doesn't quite and it looks like it retracts back into his eye because that's how light works <laughs> that's true yes <laughs> just stretches just a little bit oh yeah that was that was such a good film i will say there is a there is a actor that is in that one that is in one of my other picks that is recognizable, but is not one of the main actors. So um, that's later on down the list, though. Well, speaking of down the list, let's go on to your third choice. What do we have? Ooh, this is a good movie. Now, I'll wager to say that a lot of folks haven't seen this movie. Or maybe less than what I would imagine. I've chosen They Live. I thought about that. What, the, the fist fight between... Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. The The whole movie itself is actually a really awesome premise. Yep. It's kind of... I, you, you, you can't call it a horror because it's not scary. No. But if it was presented right, it could be a horror movie. If there was a beginning, a middle, and an end... It would be an awesome movie, and I feel like it just kind of, we're missing a lot from you, this You movie. get thrust into the middle. And, and there's no yeah. real resolution, but there's some of the coolest things in this. Um, uh, Roddy Piper oh, yeah. is awesome in this movie. And one of the best scenes, which I think is right before the alleyway, actually, he kind of backs his way. They're, they're, he's getting chased. And he goes into the bank and he's got a shotgun in his hand. And like I said, the police are chasing him and he kind of forgets that he's in a bank and he turns around and everybody in the bank is just like, (laughs) what is going, what is going on here? And he has like, see that scene right there could be just regardless of action scene or what, like that scene could be one of the top scenes from the era hands down. But he's trying to convince one of his, friends to put on the glasses that allow everybody to see what's really going on and the guy was like nah and they have this five what's supposed to be like a 30 second scuffle according to the notes that i read turns into a five minute like all out alleyway fist fight that is just a drag out just a brawl just a brawl and it's one of the one of the best kind of fist fight scenes that you'll see in an era for a, a long time to come uh, the movie is definitely worth watching. It's not that long. It's only like an hour and a half, maybe. But you'll come out of it missing a lot of things, but enjoying the concept of it and that fight scene, too. Well, and that fight scene is a great example of where you don't have to necessarily have 
people that are like very versed in any sort of specific martial art because it's it's literally like a bar fight. Mm-hmm. This isn't about skill. It's about kind of camera angles and intensity and uh, that sort of uh, it's a feeling more of a, a, a direct quality of fight and they they nail it and it's just it's so much fun. They were they were both I feel like all in in the participation and there's a few few wrestling moves kind of thrown yeah well nothing crazy but you, you gotta have some of that because yeah. it's, it's too good especially when he's all out of bubble gum and all he can do is yeah I'm, I'm telling you it's, <laughs> it, if you if you ever played duke nukem yeah and and that line is in that game well that's where it came from is they live yeah that's a good that's a good choice i considered it but uh couldn't quite beat out some well we're not really beating out but I had to choose other ones. Yeah, and narrow it down. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move up to 1982. Mm. We're going to go from uh, a man that is known for wrestling to a man that was not known for wrestling. Uh, (laughs) We're going to go to the first uh, movie that started a franchise for this man where all of the other films are not anything like the first film. We're talking about First Blood. The, the original Rambo film. Now, I will so I'll cut in here. He was actually known for naked wrestling before his mainstream acting career. Okay. I was, I was going to leave that part out. It's a family-friendly podcast. Um, so, all right. So, just the whole talking about some films are just kind of cheesy, some are fun. This film, out of all the, the Stallone Rambo films, this is the best. None of the others ever came close to recapturing what made this film fantastic. I mean, top to bottom, great casting, great everything. But specifically, when you're talking about a combat scene, especially one that can go a little bit longer, um, there is a portion where they're in the woods and he is in the process of taking out an entire group of ill-prepared police officers. Uh, that are coming after him. And just the method in which he methodically takes them out. So it's not like a direct thing. It's not like it's all in one scene. It takes you know, probably 10 minutes for the whole thing to play out because they're they're walking and then one guy gets taken out and they're walking and one guy gets taken out and now they're getting nervous. Another guy gets taken out. And just the way that he goes after him, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it is fantastic. Well, it has a different look and a different feel. Because the other ones, they have their own part in a different genre. Because this, sure. this is a, I don't know, it's a, it's a play on a lot of things. It's a, it's, uh, you know, it's a discussion about the after war and PTSD and and those types of things. And the other ones are just like blatant explosions, some, yeah, explosions, and you know. Um, Heads getting blown off and biceps, bows and bow and arrows that have explosion, exploding tips, you know, like yeah. all the cheesy fighting explosion stuff. But this is its own. This is its own thing for sure. Yeah. And if you if you have never seen this particular film, you should definitely watch it. in that scene. A caution. It is like I said, it is not like the other ones. It is serious and it is harsh and really well done. Agreed. Is it time for another one? I do believe so. 
Mm, okay, this one's too easy. Uh, we've had a discussion about our favorite movies from the 80s. And we've had a discussion that revolves around a few of the same the same movies that you could always think of that were in the 80s that were great, that were doing it. There's, what, about 10, maybe? Yeah. Five to 10 that are widely widely considered just the favorites. And, uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the majority of them. Right. Anyway, uh, I have Terminator. Now, the original one, of course, because it's the other one was in the 90s. There are a lot of sequences and scenes in this movie that you could say, I love that one, or I love this one. But this this first movie, in a sort of similar way to Rambo, had its own psychological feeling to it. This was more, you could say it was a horror thriller, but not in the traditional sense. But thriller, suspense, sci-fi. Yeah, a little bit of everything. But there was one scene, and... This has a classic segment in it. It's the one where he's at the police station and he's coming to get Sarah Connor. You know, it's it's, pred- it's preceding short little scene as he walks in and he says he's here to see Sarah Connor. He's one of one of uh, her friends, and you know, no guests. And he looks around. <laughs> I'll be back. Like that's that's a classic. That's like one of the top scenes, little segments of all time. But then after that. He rams the car through in, through the through the front, and then he's just annihilating annihilating all the officers in there. And it's a sense of like, what can we do? It's a it's a sense of dread. It's a sense of helplessness. It's a it's a scene that's not your traditional action sequence because it's 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 that thriller with no sense of hope, where we got to get out. We like we got to find our way out of here because this this person's just gonna kill everybody so it's it's just like an interesting movie in general but it's a great little sequence i think i had to laugh a little bit at, at that scene you know when i originally saw it the first time or two i was like man that's just really cool and then i thought back to it a little bit it's like wait a second he's made of metal and they can't really hurt him why do you need the car again <laughs> Why didn't he just walk to the back and just massacre everybody? Yeah, made it easier to get through the front door. Uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but if you knew it was a, a police station and you knew that they were probably in a jail cell, you weren't in any hurry. That's true. Now, I do want to make an observation so far in my list of four. And honestly, eight of my ten... One thing that we rarely talk about is music or the soundtracks. Sure. And we've talked, actually, we've discussed a little bit about adding that to our movie review categories. But the one thing to keep in mind when we talk about what's going on and we, what we see, the visuals, the audio in some of these things builds that suspense. Definitely. Right. This movie, it's got that, it's kind of that 80s electronic vibe to it, but it builds up that tension and suspense in it. The one from They Live, another thing that's great about that scene, there is no music. No. It's just the grunts and the, the fist fight. But when you look at some of the other ones, you know, like Batman's got a great score on it. A lot of these movies have great sounds that build the actual feeling and the vibe of the scene. And I 
I, I wrote that down on the They Live because it's the one that has no sound to it. But that's another thing just to think about when we go through some of these too is if you watch it again, put headphones on and see if it has that different feeling to it. Definitely. All right, so we're moving on. Uh, let's go to mid-1980s for me. We're going to go 1985 with a classic B-film, uh, a uh, martial arts romp in Harlem uh, called The Last Dragon. I've, I've talked about this a little bit before uh, uh, when we did a switch uh, talking about movies, but it is one of my favorite films from my childhood. Uh, it has... It shows an absolute love of kung fu films and specifically Bruce Lee. But above and beyond that, there is some genuinely excellent choreography in it. And it's and it's kind of hard sometimes to even choose which part is going to be, you know, kind of my, my favorite. But I'm going to go with the bit uh, towards the end of the film where uh, Bruce Leroy has to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> has to fight just this whole army of hired thugs that are trying to keep him away from his uh, his final encounter to save his his paramour. Uh, and there's just such a the big difference that I had not seen up in this up until this film. I mean, I'd seen a lot of other martial arts film. The people you're fighting are all the same. They're all wearing geese. They're all in military fatigues. They're all in whatever. This is such a just random piling of dudes. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. Some of them have chains. Some of them have mohawks. I mean, just it's just all over the place. And the the bit where he's fighting them off until the point where the one big guy just kind of shrugs off his attacks, and then the cavalry arrives with a seven-year-old to help <laughs> save the day. It's so good. Yes, you. Uh, so, the movie is all that you describe in terms of the fun, the cheesy, the martial arts. Now, I had I'd never seen it until you had said, "Here, let's do the switch. You can watch this one." So I I didn't grow up watching that one. There, there's other movies, maybe even one that you have on your list that's the same way, where there's a love for it. And I never really watched it, so I never gained that love or appreciation for it. Everybody, I think everybody's got those things. But this one, you're right. Like the the characters are just, there's a lot of random. Yeah. And the seven-year-old coming in is pretty hilarious. But the seven-year-old is just tears it up, too. Yeah, it's a young Ernie Reyes, and he is the man. Oh, if you've never seen this guy... Do martial arts in a film or outside of the film, you are missing out. He's fantastic. Yeah, what? Was he in the one of the Turtles movies? He was. He was in the second one. And he's been in a couple other things you'd recognize. Him. Surf Ninjas. Yes, Surf Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if you haven't seen that movie, just stop what you're doing. Listen to the rest of the podcast later. Watch the film. Then come back. I, I take that back. Listen to the rest of the podcast first. Then go watch the film. <laughs> Listen to a few more podcasts. That's right. Then go watch them. <laughs> go watch the review. Yes, yeah, so we do that. All right. The number five on Richard's list. Okay. So in this era, there were a couple movies, plural, revolving around one character. And that character is, well, it's in the state that we live in. One Mr. Indiana Jones. <gasps> 
Kind of. <laughs> anyway. Kind of. So I have Raiders of the Lost Ark. Always fun. Now, there's a lot of really good scenes and sequences from all of these movies. And I picked a short one, which could also be considered independent of action movies, 80s movies, whatever. One of the best just scenes of all time. But when you watch a lot of the Indiana Jones movies, there's always that humor element that's built into it. There's a sense of adventure. There's the sense of danger, but in a cheesy way. And if you listen to it, I'll go back to it. The soundtrack is just this, like it's, it's peppy musical, like like woodwinds and brass. And just the excitement is being built up for what is going on in front of you. And the scene that I chose is the one that's in the marketplace when they're, they've, there's the kidnapping and how they get Indiana's going to go chase her down to see if they can get her. And of course he's, they're going through the market and the monkeys there too. You know, the, the monkeys giving away the position of things. Like it's just got to have an animal. There's just all these little in and out one-off sequences of just humor that are actually pretty funny when you watch the movie. And of course the, it ends with the gun versus sword sequence where the swordsman is there with the big sword and he's twirling around. Indiana Jones just takes out his gun, shoots him once, turns around and walks off. Okay. It's just, it's anticlimactic yeah. in a certain sense, but it's just an awesome, it's just an awesome little five second part of that whole scene. And everybody knows the story behind that scene by now. I mean, just kind of a, a fun thing. I, the fact that it's just, that it was sickness that led to this mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome scene. It's like, I'm not feeling well. We're not doing all that stuff. Yeah. I, let's get out of here. Yeah, that's that's just awesome. Uh, that probably would not have made my lists in terms of best action scenes, just because a lot of them are mostly chase scenes. Is really what they are. Mm-hmm. And as much as I like chase scenes, they don't stand out in my memory quite as much as as certain other action scenes might. That's why things like uh, Top Gun or or Iron Eagle won't often hit my list because you know, technically the the fight between the planes will be an action scene but eh, it's a plane fight yeah just doesn't do it for me i do have another chase scene on my list i thought you might i tend to keep mine towards fisticuffs especially if there is a either hand to hand or some some melee in there Uh, i I love weapons fighting that's always good um but we're going to go on stay in 1985 um you tended to have uh, a lot of arnold schwarzenegger I'm going to go with my second Stallone pick. Uh, there were a lot of Rocky films. <laughs> and they're all pretty good. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. All the ones in the 70s to 80s were pretty good. Um, but for me, as a kid, the one that I liked the best was Rocky IV. I mean, if you can strip past the the clear propaganda elements... <laughs> That were at Russia bad, USA good, hooray! Um, it's just it, the 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 montages in it were just fantastic. But the thing that really stands out to me is that the fight between Drago and Rocky lasts forever. It is such a long part of the film, and normally something that long would just start to bore me, but. It's it's awesome. I mean, all the way through, it keeps my attention. 
It's got, you know, just dudes trading shots, trying to look, looking like they're trying to beat the living snot out of each other. And some great, just little notes of dialogue. Some, again, talking about that music build, but also having the crowd as part of it too and, and having them change over the course of the fight. And again, just montage inserts, even within the final fight. It's, it's classic. Now, we were talking a little bit before about uh, the Rocky movies and how I actually honestly can say that I have not, I've not seen them. Is that bad? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're missing some classic stuff here. I'm not saying they're all just amazing. A lot of people, especially by today's standards, we get bored by the first two Rocky films. But the third one starts to change the formula a little bit, and by the fourth one, man, it's it's it has hit the perfect stride, which is why I think so many people were really upset with the fifth one. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, I do like Dolph Lundgren, yes, and I like Mr. T. Um, so I, I Carl I Weathers, Carl man. Weathers is amazing, and he's in the first two. So, um, and his son. Is in the more recent ones too. Is that so? I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, the character son. <laughs> the character son, yes, not his real son. Not, no, yeah, no, that would be that. That uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, I believe, is in in the actual film. Looking buff, looking tough. Yeah, he he did great. But uh, you know, and that's and that's the thing. So I mean, some of this might be rose-colored glasses. Some of it might be just orchestrated for us to remember. You know, like an ad or something to that effect just a couple of notes about our social media hey there pudding people don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day richard you're most on instagram right on the gram gram yes and what are we best known on instagram as pudding guys Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter, where we are at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, we will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week, when it's released, any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, now... Our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate, the film and television engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Pudding guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's $1 per month. Per month. Not per day. Per month. <laughs> yes. $12 for a year. Yeah. Uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content as we get better equipment to release the content into. And when the Fate engine comes out, it will have its own cost, and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this. And it's going to be so cool. I can't wait for you all to hear about it. 
Now, don't you feel refreshed <laughs> after learning about where you can find out about the pudding guys? And if not, shame on you. <laughs> well, uh, let's get on with our list. I mean, it's, it's we got 20 between us. We're going to just plow through these. Keep going. Number six. Okay. One of the best movies ever with many scenes to choose from. But I'm going to choose one from the middle of the movie. I have picked a scene from Aliens. And the reason that I've picked a scene from the Aliens movie that's not at the end is I just like this one better. The end. Um, now, I'll go and re- reverse. The one at the end with the mech and the the queen yeah. is awesome. especially especially when Ripley's like, get away from her, you bitch, is one of the top scenes of any movie of all time. Right. But I remember going more specific for action. And I like the sequence in the middle when the, the colonial Marines are headed into where the, all the heat signatures are at. And then the aliens appear and all chaos breaks loose and they're fighting and they're getting killed. And like, we got to get out of here. And of course, nothing's being done. So Ripley takes over, drives it, drives it in, smashes in, rescues the Marines, runs over a few alien heads on the way out. And saves them, but what's going to happen? The vehicle's all jacked up. We don't know. Like, that in itself could be a great sequence. Oh, yeah. But I like to add the tail end of that one, too, where they're calling in to have the ship come down and and get them, but then they witness the ship crash, and it seems like all is over, and then you get two of the best lines from the entire movie, maybe from the eighties in general, where you got Bill Paxton chiming in there and like, it's game over, man. It's just Just nuke him from orbit. It's so, it's so perfect. And then we have to remember that Bill Paxton is like the only one that's been killed by the Terminator. He's been killed by an alien. He's been killed by a predator. Yes, he has. And killed by a mimic from Edge of Tomorrow. I think it's, anyway, he's been killed by like all, all the best. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then they're talking about how they have to get into someplace safe because the aliens mostly come at night. Mostly. So you get the whole action sequence. And then you get some of the, like I said, the best lines ever. Most memorable. And the movie's awesome on its own. The actors are great. The action's just ridiculous. It's fast paced. It's got the, the tension from the, the, the music chiming in. It's just a great movie. But that sequence to me is what does it. You know, Bill Paxton was also turned into a giant pile of talking poo at one point. Was that in, what was that in? Weird Science. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> ah, man, I miss that guy. He was awesome. Great. All right, number six for me. Um, we're going to move on to 1986 for, for my list. Uh, we're going to go Big Trouble in Little China. Um, if you haven't seen this film, it's another film where you can't go in thinking it's serious. It has just a fantastic cast uh, all around and it's so cheesy and just I, I don't even know if I have words to to describe it I mean Kurt Russell uh, you got a young Kim Cattrall uh, in it uh, just some of some of the people that uh, that are involved are, are fantastic but there's a lot of 
actually really fun martial arts in the film. And it, it, again, it's kind of an homage to the old kung fu films from the 70s in a lot of ways. So the pr- a particular one that I'm going to go with is not a, a normal fight scene per se. I just thought it was super, super cool. And again, it's a way to kind of expose people to an element of fighting that you often don't see, or at least you don't see done all that well. I mean, if you watch Karate Kid, you can see somebody sort of try to do it, but not quite. But I'm talking about uh, kind of kata. Uh, there's there's a bit where there's a spell that's needing to be cast to control the minds of the women. And so in order to do it, it means that several of them have to perform kata down a long hallway. <laughs> sounds stupid it is awesome i mean just seeing the form and and everything that goes into it is gorgeous especially when overlaid with some really nice audio tricks and some fun um special effects with lightning you know fake lightning because it's like it's like raiden before mortal combat mm-hmm. occurred in in that particular film it's it's so cool it is a very fun movie and the one thing I like all the Kurt Russell movies from that era. I was really looking something from the list um, for a, Escape from New York. I may like Escape from L.A. better, but that one was in the 90s. Yeah. But John Carpenter is the Escape movies. He is Big Trouble in Little China. He is They Live. So he's been brought up a few times. So John Carpenter yeah. knows how to do low-budget but awesome and cheesy at the same time. And if you haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China, it's a fun movie. It's really good. It actually ages particularly well, which is surprising. A lot of the films that we're going to mention here, if you look at them now, it's like, man, this it may be hard for a 13 to 20-year-old to get through, potentially. It's just like, what is happening? I don't get any of this. But this doesn't depend on a lot of technology. It doesn't depend on a lot of things that, that would age poorly. So it's just fun. No, you get some practical effects for sure. John Carpenter likes to do practical effects with just a, just a hint of some CGI. Well, it's oh, not CGI. Well, it's not CGI. CGI. It's like, what, hand-drawn? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> silver screen, is that what it is? They do green screen now. I think it was called silver screen then. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but, well, number seven. Okay, so here, I, I had a hard time because I love... The Bond movies. They are... There's a ton of them from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, there are. And when wa- looking through the movies again and trying to think about the sequence, the sequences and the scenes from all of these, there's just so many that are that good-bad, bad-good scenario. But I'll go one... I'll go with one that is a chase sequence, and it's from Live and Let Die. There's a couple little bits about this. So he's... Roger Moore has been sent to be fed to the alligators, crocodiles. He's trapped on a little tiny Island in the middle of all these things. And it's an actual real stunt. The stunt man ran across the backs of, of like four or five alligators. I think they're alligators, crocodiles, whatever. Um, the beasts that have been around the planet for millions of years. Anyway, he runs right across the back of those onto land so he can get away. So like it was a real, it was a real action, uh, real stunt sequence. There was no 
practical effects. It was real, you know, flesh-eating creatures. Yeah, PETA probably would not have been real happy about that. No, they wouldn't have been too pleased. But you know what? That was like 50 years ago. It really was 50 years ago. Anyway, (laughs) he hops into a boat, and they proceed to have this long, drawn-out chase sequence with boats across the the bayou. Mm. And in these sequences, some of the things are just so dumb like it shouldn't work so it happens multiple times where he ramps the boat out now keep in mind the boats are just outboard motors right that's all they are yeah ramps them off like the beach and (laughs) just magically slides across the grass and right back into the water on the other side and then keeps going the equivalent of a lawnmower motor (laughs) yes yes it's pretty funny but if you they have different scenes, so they have like uh, different shots. So they'll show it from the like a stationary as the boat's coming towards you. They'll show it as um, from from the side, like as you're being or as you're being chased. So, like they're showing it from behind, but they'll also have a helicopter view as they go around these you know ninety degree turns, forty five degree turns, where they have to just turn around these sharp little corners and the boats are being handled so well by the stunt drivers because they are really going fast. And there's these cheesy little sequences of humor that are thrown in there. Um, There's a really over the top slight, I don't know. You can, you can watch it. That part does. There's a, a police officer who was kind of the butt of the jokes in a certain sense, but is kind of over the top. Um, police officer who maybe hint racist you know uh it was the 70s so it's a a little more than a hint it was the 70s so apparently it didn't matter then whatever that that character also was the one that was in superman um you'd you'd recognize him he always in this movie has a big old chaw in his lip and has the just over the top louisiana accent and it's like borderline absurd but the chase sequence itself is pretty ridiculous and once again there's there's music there's action there's comedy it's i don't know it's just a really really good scene and one of the best from the bond movies in general unless we get to the you know the the 2000s and some of the more recent ones then there's some really absurd just great action sequences from the more modern ones definitely uh, I know a lot of people love those films. I'm not one of them. <laughs> What's not a Bond film up until more re- uh, Bond fan, I should say, up until more recently. But, you know, I-, I can get why people like them. I owned them all on VHS at one point in time. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go stay in 1986. Uh, I'm a fan of swordplay. So there was no way that this particular film was not going to find its way on my list even though it's technically not as amazing in terms of the quality of the swordplay, it still presents something that was really interesting to me, and that's Highlander. Mm. Um, It's a fun film to begin with. It's a neat concept, so long as you don't think about it too hard. Uh, And I I just, I loved the Highlander stuff when uh, when I was that age. And the casting of that film was fun but the thing that i like is the final fight scene is what i'm talking about the final showdown between good and evil i liked it because and again and it's kind of like that fight scene from um uh, 
from The Last Dragon. You kind of see the same thing a lot of times. I'm going, I have a fencing sword. You have a fencing sword. You know, that sort of thing. Seeing a fight between a katana and a claymore, you don't see that anywhere, at least not up until that point. And I thought that was insanely cool because, again, I love the difference of styles that's necessary to pull off different moves for those particular pieces of equipment. And while it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, it does still kind of capture it. And it's got this gritty style and delighting is is majorly cool in the final scene and it's just and it's just great. I mean, Kurgan is a fun uh, villain to begin with and uh yeah, there, there's I have nothing bad to say about that film. I'm Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Yes, that's indeed. all. Sean Connery was in it too. Um Now Connor was a television show. He was a tele No, are you sure? He was the television show. Oh, wait, no, I was Duncan. My brain turned off for a moment. Duncan was the television show. Connor Connor was the movie. Yeah. Uh, can you tell we record when it's late? Late at night. <laughs> but you're right. The bad guy in that one, um, what else is he? He's been in a lot of things. Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, yeah. So he's, I think that whole movie introduced a set of movies that could have been way more awesome than what they actually ended up being because that first yeah. one was pretty solid. Yeah. And then that one had a Queen soundtrack too, right? Yes, it did. Yeah, so very, a very unique setup to have a whole soundtrack done by one of the more popular bands at the time with actors that were big name, big budget, although not all of them. Um, Raiden in there. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, he did. I don't know. Those are fun movies. It's a good one. Yeah, too much fun. All right. Next on your list, good sir. Okay, so the next two I've got are those movies that we've already talked about that we love so much. And is it the right sequence? Is it the right scene? Maybe not, but it's the right scene for me. Uh, The next one I have is RoboCop. Uh, What I have, and the reason that I picked this one is because of the posturing, let's call it. If you remember, there's a sequence in the cocaine factory. Yeah. And he busts open the the door and he throws out the one-liner, you know, like, stop or there will be trouble. Trouble. (laughs) And then everybody's just spraying him with lead, but he, you know, walks in the RoboCop way and uh, does, like, the twist and shoot. (laughs) And then he turns around and, like, it's just so methodical and just annihilating everybody on there. And all the all the the gunmen are just they they have confidence. They're just like I am going to kill this walking machine coming at me. <laughs> this tank. And they just get annihilated by RoboCop. And it's just so it's just so funny if you watch because he's like shooting people and shooting people. And then like I said, he twists and shoots people. And then it's just like he blind shoots people. Yeah. And he never reloads his gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, like I said, it's just the the whole posture and if you've never seen the movie what are you doing if you have seen the movie you know exactly what i'm talking about and there are other good scenes in the movie oh yeah there definitely are the the thing in that scene that always gets me it's like okay there's a bunch of them and he's killed several and the rest of them don't think to just leave it's like okay he's out in the open we're hitting him nothing's happening well time to go (laughs) 
Amazing that no one hit him in the face either. Right, right. But that's neither here. Well, you know, they're they're all hopped up on cocaine, so their their aim was not great. That's true. Now, my favorite in that film was the Ed Two Hundred Nine fight scene. Uh, any any time you got a pseudo claymation special effect robot that ends up trying to walk downstairs, can't, and falls on its back, and that's how the fight ends. <laughs> but. In that in that sequence is the squeal. It's like a pig squeal right. when it ends up upside down. It's very it's very funny. The whole movie yeah. is an amazing movie. It is fun, but there it, there's so many things. I don't know. Anyway, um, okay. So let's go one year forward for me. 1987 uh, film I love that for whatever unknown reason that is not good. I can't come up with a good reason. Richard does not like. But this is a fantastic film that throngs and throngs of people adore, and that's The Princess Bride. Uh, It's funny, and it is well-written and fantastically casted, and the sword fight towards the beginning of the film is gorgeous. It is just so well done, and if you know anything about... uh, swordplay and some of the terminology and... It's 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 really it's like a joke within a joke. It's it's really really funny, and they do some great choreography, and it's it's really such an homage and throwback to the old uh, Zorro and uh, Errol Flynn and all of the all of the old time sword fights that you would get to see back in the black and white and early color days, and it's it keeps that kind of feel but adds a level of skill to it that's just just wonderful. I'm left-handed. Oh, no. I'm actually right-handed. <laughs> that's, Whoop-dee-doo, that's hilarious. It is hilarious. And, and if you've ever tried to write left-handed and then write in your normal right-handed or back and forth, there's a dramatic difference. You've got better sort, uh, better uh, muscle development, more experience. It makes sense, kind of, enough for the movie, and it's funny. So I swore that I would never watch that movie, and I've watched <laughs> it for the first time eh, a couple months ago, maybe, and I was like, yeah, cool. But it goes back to you and everyone else around me grew up on that movie, watched it many, many, many times, and it would be like me delivering uh, Army of Darkness to somebody who had never seen the movie. They'll watch it and just be like, that's fine. When in actuality, the movie is amazing. But I grew up on that movie, so it's different. The fact that you don't like it it can be described in just one word, and that's obviously uh, inconceivable. (laughs) Repeatedly inconceivable. (laughs) Repeatedly. (laughs) All right, let's go. Or is it, you got it inconceivable. Inconceivable. There we go. A little bit of extra letters in there. I don't think that word means what you think it means. No, because he keeps saying it. That's right. Uh, all right, let's go to your number okay. nine. <laughs> okay, so one one more of those movies, which it seems like an obvious one, um, and another Arnie Schwarzenhammer. Uh, I chose Commando. Golly, yeah, that that movie is so bad it's good. Yes. Um, one, this scene is amazing. 
from how inept the bad guys are. Oh, yeah. Um, amazing for how Arnold can shoot without ever aiming and just <laughs> annihilate everybody. It's really like if you want to look at how to hold and manipulate and aim and utilize a firearm, you don't want to watch this movie. No. That's for sure. But there, there is, I'll call it the storm the yard yeah. because he's going on to the complex and he's got guns. Now, the one thing about the guns that I will pay attention to in a small extent is that he keeps switching between all the guns because he runs out of ammo for all the guns, which is different. Weird. For this type of movie, yeah. uh, but he just runs. There, there's 50 dudes running at him with uh, basically M16s, yeah, assault rifles, and they're just getting annihilated as he hip fires every single gun that he's got and doesn't aim at all, and they just get obliterated. And they're unloading clip upon clip upon clip at him. And just can never even come close to hitting him. I think they hit a lot of pottery. That's true. There are a lot of pots. Um, <laughs> Where the, are we going to hide the explosives? Uh, pots. Then he throws grenades, like like so many grenades. The the hookshot grenade, of course, <laughs> and it explodes people, and they go flying fifty feet in the air because they they're like on one of those exploding mechanisms that, that right. threw them up. And then the one thing that gets him is somebody throws a grenade and it sits on the ground for like five minutes and he stares at it and he's like, oh my gosh, there's a grenade. And he runs away and he gets exploded by the grenade and it throws him like 50 yards in the air and he's got a hurt side and he's like, oh my gosh. And he crawls slowly over to this shack. (laughs) And then the people just surround him and they can't kill him, of course. And then... He uh, throws saw blades and just annihilates the last couple of people with the saw blades that he throws. It's so bad that it's it's amazing. And in fact, if you can spot it and watch the film, there is a part with a magically self-repairing car. Keep your eyes peeled for the self-repairing car. It's yellow, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken. It is yellow. (laughs) But one... One of the best is the the main bad guy in the in this movie. If you know, like the main bad guy mm-hmm. Bennett, yeah, wears like a suit, a, right? a chainmail like cut off t shirt. Right, it's made out of chainmail. Oh, you're talking okay. I'm thinking of a different. I'm thinking of the guy in charge, not the. You're thinking the main mercenary. The guy. main mercenary. Okay. Gotcha, yes. Gotcha. Yes. Um, Dennis, like Dan Hedaya, is the main. I guess ultimately the main bad guy, but you're right, the main henchman. He's got a chainmail cut-off T-shirt, basically. Because that'll protect him. And he's got a midlife huge gut and no no definition to any muscle on his body at all. And in the end, uh, Arnie rips a pole off the, a pipe off the wall, throws it at him, and he's like, let off some steam. The steam rolls out the pipe. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's it's so good. You have to watch it and uh, then laugh at it. Oh, yeah. That brings many good memories back. Mm-hmm. Now, as much as I like a good uh, shoot 'em up, I've always been more fantasy driven. Mm, yes. So I, you could tell that from my previous uh, pick on the list, and you'll be able to tell it from this pick on the list, too. In uh, 1988 was a fantastic film that featured 
among other people, Val Kilmer, that's who a lot of people remember. But the the lead actor has been in a ton of stuff. He's been in like the the three prequels for the Star Wars. He's been in the Harry Potter films. Fantastic actor. Um, I mean, just all around a great, great cast. And what I'm talking about, Willow. Um, it's just a nice kind of fantasy world that's created. And the specific battle that I'm talking about happens uh, between the uh, Val Kilmer character, Mad Mardigan, and General Kale uh, towards the end of the film where they're storming the castle where the evil sorceress is. And uh, first of all, in, especially for the time frame, one of the coolest sets of armor ever is on General Kale. The, the skull helmet is just gorgeous. And the good guy's armors look awesome too. I mean, so everything, just the, the quality of the set design and the, uh, and the costuming is fantastic. And so, but it's also, it's muddy and it's dirty and everybody, it's chaos. So it's not like this, um, this exercise in form. It is, how am I going to get the job done? And it turns into just this nasty knock, knock down, drag out where he ends up skewering him with his own jagged sword. And it's just, it's, it's wonderful. The concept of the movie and the look of the movie would make you think that it wouldn't just be like a PG, PG 30, whatever it is, movie. And it's on Disney. You can go and watch it on Disney, right? It's a Disney movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Yeah. It's a fun movie that has that, you're right, that fantasy element in it from our, from growing up, you know, and I don't know, we would say 80, late 80s for that one. So we would have been 10, you would have been a little, right. you know, 10 to watch this movie. And in, in today's, I don't know, today's world and how I think a lot of parents are not letting their kids see certain types of content. This is like... It's pretty safe. It's pretty safe. It's a fun movie. I don't know. It has some creepy elements in it, of course, but definitely. If you let your kids watch the Harry Potter movies when people are dying all over the place, and you whatever, must save a Lord Dadden. This is good. Luck, yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I don't know. Uh, yes, there's some really hidden things. There's a a, com- a comedian in there that pay- plays one of the pixies that I just absolutely love. Does impressions. And, He's, he's pretty, as soon as you see him, you'll know exactly who he is. Mm. And it's just kind of, again, watch the film if you haven't seen it. He, again, it, it ages well. It's it's a fantasy thing, so there's really nothing that can possibly mess it up. Yep. All right, so the last pick, number 10, number one, number whatever. What What is your pick? I think we should do some honorable mentions before we throw oh, out our last one. Good point. There's so many movies, and we left off some awesome movies. Well, let's pick one or two, because we may come back and do another another list on this. Mm, I have so many that I want to... So, I do want to acknowledge that the main body of the Star Wars movies were from this era. Yes. And although, although there are many, many, many classic sequences and scenes... The battle on the battle for Endor, for mm-hmm. example, was, mm-hmm. was great. Um, the in Empire, the Luke, I am your father whole sequence is an amazing one of the top moments in cinema history. Right. But is it one of the best action scenes? Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't have we didn't, I didn't have any Star Wars. I love the Star Wars movies. So I definitely want to mention that. Um, 
the apocalypse uh apocalypse now oh yeah the the what is it, the flight of the valkyries oh, right so of the good. valkyries top top things in cinema history but is it really an action thing no it's, no um and then I definitely want to acknowledge the Mad Max movies because those were really awesome. But the second one had the the tanker scene, like where it's all the vehicles, more of a chase scene, right? right. But still that rowdy um, action without traditional firearms type scenes, right. right? Right. Crossbows and darts getting sent and that type of stuff. So there are some really awesome movies out there. Uh, Predator was not on the list. You know, we'll, we'll come back to that one. So there's a there's a couple cool ones out there that we haven't mentioned. So, so okay, for my honorable mentions and one dishonorable mention, uh, I tried to make sure it's not stuff that I'll ever come back to if we do this list again. So uh, for me, there is a really fun Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines film in '86 called Running Scared, buddy cop film. And there is this chase sequence. They decide that they're going to end up retiring. And that's part of the plot. And they don't want to die as cops before they retire because they want to open a bar. So they decide to change their cop car into a cab and make the windows uh, bulletproof. <clears throat> but they are warned you cannot roll these windows down because they are bulletproof. That's just the way it is. So they get in this car chase and firefight and they're going through and the bad guys pop out of the window of the other vehicle and spray them with machine gun fire and it doesn't go through oh it's it's great and then he tries to roll down the window to return fire and can't <laughs> it's just such fun in terms of an action scene eh, but i i just it, it sticks with me it's one of my favorites um uh one of the other ones uh, uh 1986 also heartbreak ridge uh this is a, a, a training uh military training film with clint eastwood uh, and there is a bit where none of them, they're all rejects, and we don't want to do what you say, and we've got this really large guy that is going to beat the snot out mm, of you. Yes. And it's a really short scene, and all he does is catch the punch, catch the arm, grab the thumb, break it. It's just, it's good. It's really, really good. I like that scene, that too. Together. Yep. Um, and then one dishonorable mention, you talked about Star Wars. I'm just going to mention the first Star Wars lightsaber uh, duel between Obi-Wan and uh, Darth Vader is booty. It is so bad. I somehow wonder how they got another movie because that was a key point. And it's like, oh, they didn't do anything. It's like two old people with canes. It just, it was not good. Uh. <laughs> well, there, the the scene in uh, Revenge of the Sith with, with um, I haven't planned on this, but the one at the end where, uh, uh, anyway, the end, that one's really bad too. <laughs> Moving on, because I can't remember anybody's names right now because right. it's late, late night and I can't focus. All right, all right. So your final pick for one of your favorites. What are you going with? Ooh, okay. So we already talked about Bruce Lee earlier. Right. Um, so I chose a scene from the 70s, because that's what all his movies were, um, that is Fists of Fury. Oh, it's a fun one. That's the it's the one in the dojo, and he steps in, and he tells them that he's gonna. He's he brings in calligraphy. Correct. <laughs> Unwraps it, shows him, <laughs> leans him up against the wall, and one of the dudes is like, "I will fight you," and then 
it, that doesn't go well. No. And then another one's like, I will fight you when that doesn't go well. But if you look, I'm pretty sure sitting around Jackie Chan's sitting on the ground as an extra in there for like a real brief second. Anyway, if you watch the sequence, it is everything snaps. It It's some of his movies have like a graininess because the video quality wasn't right. great, but that one's actually pretty clean. His movements are clean. They snap. It's a whole group of people that he's got to take out. And what I want you to also watch, if you if you can watch this one, um, then go watch Kill Bill because there's a lot of sequences in Kill Bill that kind of mirror oh, just yeah. without removing limbs and stuff like that. It's got a lot of similarities to what happens in the first Kill Bill when they're at the bar and he, she's got to fight a whole bunch of people. Uh, where she's fighting the 88, was it? Yes. Yeah. Crazy crazy 88, whatever they are. Something like that. But this sequence, he grabs the nunchucks at the end and just like whaps people. It's Man, that nunchuck bit. So good. But it also illustrates, too, some of his um, mannerisms where he fights people and he, and he takes them out. And then there's a break and he kind of like snuffs his nose with his thumb and then he pops his shoulders and he's like, I'm ready to go. And then his the super weird look when he steps on people's faces. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then his like, you know, like yeah. the like it's all the classic Bruce Lee things with just. You can tell this dude was just on point with his training, and everybody was, everybody was in, every all in on this sequence. It's just, it's awesome. If yeah. you like kung fu, quote kung fu movies, martial arts movies, whatever, it's a great scene. Now, of course, uh, people watching that aren't aware of the seventies uh, and and the styles that were going on may get slightly distracted by two particularly impressive hairdos <laughs> that a couple of the guys in the dojo have. <laughs> it's very distracting. One of them, the color of the hair is a Play-Doh color. That I, don't, I don't know how you can recreate. Uh, I don't know how he got his hair that color. Uh, yeah. It's, he did, he, like I said, we only has like five, six movies. Right. That were kind of like the mainstream ones you could watch. I'd watch them all if I were you, but there's a good sequence from this one. Yeah, even Game of Death, which he's only technically in like three scenes because he died during the production of it. Mm -hmm. Still worth it because you get to see him fight Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's true. I mean, come on. But okay, so the final one that I'm going to choose happens in 1989 and is the only one on my list that I chose that has gunplay in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, it, it's it's so stylistic and so excellent and involves your absolute favorite actor of all time. Denzel. I, <laughs> it does indeed involve Denzel. He's, one of my, he's my favorite. That's right. Uh, but uh, I'm talking about Glory with uh, Matthew Broderick and Denzel Washington and just everybody is a name in this film. And Carrie Elway's. Yeah, I mean it's it's fan. I mean the whole film is great, but specifically, the final charge on the fort at the end of the film, where there is, you know, everything's been building to this thing, and there's explosions going on. It's nighttime, and and it's just it's so intense, especially for that time period. You know, I'd seen a lot of uh, a lot of war movies, and and they usually just especially like from the 40s and 50s they're so glorified and unrealistic and just didn't capture any sort of stakes or 
uh, anything like that. And just you felt it in this scene. It's so just it's rough and it's dirty and people die and the good guys don't necessarily win. And it's just fantastic. I've always been fascinated with the Civil War, especially when I was younger. And this movie fit the bill perfectly. And it was like not like a movie I think that most of us at that time had really seen, uh, especially with actors that were so great and yeah. one that was so bad. But <laughs> you're was, right. He was also great. Uh, how it ended up, if you go post-charge up that, is it's just them rolling the bodies into a mass grave. Yeah. So it you you kind of get that that feeling at the end of like, Oh my gosh, all this whole movie, it led up to what happens in war basically, which is you train, you work hard, you could be the best athlete, best shot, best, whatever. And sometimes it doesn't matter. Yep, You can have right on your side. You can try and do the honorable thing and you will still die. Yeah. It's a great, it's despite Matthew Broderick, it is a great movie. And well worth watching. I'm going to get him on this show, and we are going to we are going to team up on you. I, that is my life goal at this point. It's going to happen someday. Someday. <laughs> but what did you think, dear listeners? Did these hit some of your favorites? Did these illuminate maybe some that you hadn't seen? We'd love to hear about it. You know how to get a hold of us. We talked about social media earlier in the episode. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know on Facebook. We would just, like I said, we'd love to know your favorites. And we'll if uh, if everything goes well, we'll come back with some more top tens, maybe mm. from different decades, maybe different genres, maybe different little bits and pieces. But, yeah, we'll have some fun with this. Hopefully we'll have just so many segments that it fills up our docket for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have something since the uh, history of comic book movies is nearing its end. Coming to an end. <laughs> Uh, But until next time, keep enjoying films, everyone, and we will see you next week.